Refreshing, delicious and packed with the good stuff. It's The Juice with Louise Wilkinson on Newcastle Live Radio. Well, welcome to Money Mondays and uh, I have my money expert Phil Bamback here on The Juice. Welcome, Phil. Hey, hey, Louise. How you doing? Look, absolutely vibing. First show and Freedom Day, it's all happening. It's like a brand new world that we've woken up to this morning. It is, and I reckon there's a lot of people waiting to take some action on some ideas that they've had for a while but maybe couldn't until they're actually allowed to get out there in society and do it. Absolutely. I know I'm one of them. Um, Yeah, it's been a great time to sort of brainstorm some new ideas, but uh, hands tied in a lot of cases. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the new ideas and and fresh ideas that come out of uh, people's heads while we've been uh, at home contemplating our navels. So so today uh, we're going to be talking about how to legally structure your business or your side hustle uh, to minimise your personal tax and pay off your home loan or personal loans sooner. Now, I'm all ears because right. I am a business owner and, uh, yeah, I, I love I – do, I do like the credit card. Um, so, you know, uh, I'm all ears, Phil. How do, you, uh, how do you get this done? Look, firstly, disclaimer number one, mm. uh, you really should get some professional advice. So a lot of the stuff I'm going to tell you here is, you know, could be used by most people, but you really should go and get a, some advice from an accountant or a financial planner. Yes. And disclaimer number two, we're going to get into the weeds a bit. It's a bit technical. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, apologies in advance, but the basic concept is uh, we have this thing called debt and everyone knows or they should know there's good debt and there's bad debt. The bad debt is the stuff that is what they call typically non-deductible debt, i.e. your home loan debt, your credit cards, your personal loans, car loans. Mm. And the reason they call it bad debt is because you have to earn your money in the marketplace, then you have to pay tax on that money, then you get to pay off the debt. So for every $100, say, that you pay off your personal debts, your home loan, credit cards, personal loans, you actually have to earn 130 to start with, pay the 30 bucks tax. Uh, and then you get to you know pay off your debt. So it's actually quite expensive. People think, oh, my home loan's only at you know whatever percent, or my my personal loan's only at whatever percent, but you're really paying it in after-tax dollars. So it's actually very expensive, and that's why it's called bad debt. So yeah. if you do have a business or you're thinking about a side hustle, uh, it's important to understand how to structure your debt so that you can essentially use the laws in this country to uh, help yourself. <laughs> this is what I love about you, Phil. <laughs> Great. Yeah, you know, they're, there for, they're there for a reason. I, I really do pay as much tax as I'm legally, um, you know, as I'm legally made to, but I don't really want to pay a dollar, a dollar more. So um, the easiest way to explain this is <clears throat> any business debt or investment debt that you have, i.e. if you pay, if you were in a business with me, Louise, and we, we had debt that we were using to pay wages or to pay rent on a building or to buy products or to manufacture things. All of that is tax deductible debt. Yes. Right? That's good debt. That's debt that you can essentially pay off in uh, pre-tax dollars, i.e. dollars before the tax man's got his 30% mm. or whatever it is. Yes. So, yeah, so if you if you can, and most people do have a you know some equity in their home or their ability to borrow money 
from personal loans or credit cards, if you, if you can use that debt to pay business or investment debt and then use the money that comes in from your business, the cash flow to funnel into the bad debt, it's worth 100 grand or 150 grand over your lifetime. It's worth a lot of money because you tend to pay off your personal debts far quicker than you would if you didn't do this. And this is typically called a debt recycling strategy. A debt recycling strategy. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's making sense. Your yeah. Bad debt into good debt. Yeah. yeah. So that's the simplest uh, that's the simplest form of it. Okay. Um, well, even I understood that. So you're doing well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. <laughs> and, and, you know, sometimes there's limits because you can't borrow as much money as you want to to pay for all that uh, business or investment debt, but you just do what you can. You know? mm. You've got to use whatever you've got in your artillery of you know, weapons to try and help yourself as much as you possibly can. And if it's only a little bit, it's only a little bit. And if it's a lot, it's a lot. So, you know, that's just how it is. So the next idea is you can start or continue a business or an investment. So it could be a property, it could be a business, it could be anything that's typically known as um, income producing or the tax department would see it as an investment or a business asset. Um, and you can use the debt expenses to pay your partner a wage and to pay them super. So right. as a couple, uh, you can have, like I could have my, my wife essentially as an employee of my company and I could pay all of her wages using borrowed money, which is tax deductible. I could pay all of the expenses for the business using borrowed money, which is tax deductible and the super. And then all of the cash flow from that business can roll into our home loan or our personal debts and paid off much quicker. So you can do it as a single person and you can do it as a couple. Obviously it's easier as a couple if you've got that kind of ability to structure it that way, but it's a, it's a cracking strategy if you've yeah. got cash available. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that. Uh, it's, it's making sense. My, my, the cogs are turning in my head as we speak, Phil. <laughs> yeah. it, it does sometimes take a little bit of spreadsheet work. Yeah. You know, I don't mind the spreadsheet. Some people hate the spreadsheet, but the spreadsheet makes me money, Louise. It does. Yep. 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 I'm one with the spreadsheet. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And look, the most technical version of this, um, and it's a little bit difficult, and this is why I put the disclaimer in there about going to the weeds. Sometimes when you set up a business or you set up a company or a trust that you're going to run a business through, you get caught by what's called the personal services income test by the ATO. Right. Um, and cut a long story short, there in the old days, like I'm talking back in the 2000s, late 1990s, there were a lot of people funneling um, money into family trusts and, and different different ways to minimise their tax when essentially they were doing the work that was, they were physically exerting their own effort to, to do the work, but it was just sitting in another structure. Mm. So if I was to, say, start a consultancy business or start something on the side that might get caught in the PSI test by the ATO, essentially what that means is all the money that is earned from that entity would roll into my personal tax uh, situation. So if I was at the highest tax rate, you know, and I'm trying to avoid some tax by having a, a, a side company or a side hustle sitting over here, tax department comes along and says, uh-uh, no. Nah, that you're caught in the PSI services test, all that money has to roll into your personal tax rate, mm. which is a big problem for a lot of people. Yeah. Because they, they do a lot of these things and they set these things up to minimise their tax. Mm. But technically, if you fail the personal services income test, 
um, on your company or your trust structure, then you should, in theory, be able to write off all the losses from that company or trust structure against your personal personal tax. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Uh, and very few people use that strategy. And most people that I see that get caught with the PSI could use it. They've just got to essentially get a, um, a ruling from the ATO, say so right off to the ATO and say, look, I'm failing the personal services income test on this company or, or trust. Therefore, I'm going to write it off against my personal income, my employee income, my PAYG income. And they go, yep, sure. Because if you do fail the PSI test, you literally can uh, claim all those expenses and losses against your own PAYG income. And that's the weeds. I'm so sorry about all that, but they're great strategies. Oh, they're amazing. Um, yeah. And and stuff that I'm sure nobody has sort of really looked into that that hard um, that can save literally thousands and thousands. Yeah, you're talking over the period, like if you're just talking about maybe a strategy to pay down your home loan quicker over instead of paying it off over 30 years or 25 years, you're probably looking at a debt recycling strategy. You can pay it off in 12 to 15. Yeah. Like it's a massive, massive upside uh, if done correctly. Yeah. If done correctly. And when when you borrow money, so you might go and borrow and just get a personal loan or a credit card, right? That's typically people don't think you can claim the uh, interest against, um, you know, anything because it's a personal loan, it's a credit card, but it's the intent and the use of those funds. So right. the ATO is going to look at your credit card and say, what are you using those funds for, Louise? And if you're using them to produce an income or buy an asset that is going to produce an income, so I'm going to throw this out there. Even if you've got a credit card, like you borrow 50K on credit cards, which I know for a lot of people sounds insane, and you use that money to fund a business and you funnel the extra cash flow into your non-deductible debt, you'll actually be much better off even though you're paying a much higher interest rate on your credit card over here. Yeah. Sounds crazy, but yeah. that's where the spreadsheet comes in. <laughs> <laughs> the numbers don't lie, Louise. They you know, don't. Uh, I always say to people, that's a good story, but, you know, what are the stats? What are the numbers? And the numbers don't lie on the strategy. It's a classic strategy as a financial planner we used to use all the time. It's not easy to get your head around that. So, hence, you really advice. should go and get some personal advice and, yeah, but do a bit of research on it first because, honestly, a lot of the planners that I've met over my time probably don't even know much about it, sadly. Wow. Yep, okay. Four accountants, sadly. Yeah. With love in my heart to them all. <laughs> yeah, look, it's um, that has blown my mind and it is certainly something that I know that I will be looking at because, uh, you know, it makes so much sense. But, uh, you know, the, the cost savings are, are quite obvious. So I really thank you for um, giving us some insight into this because, yeah, it's certainly something that uh, not the average bear would think about and that's why we have you, Phil. <laughs> uh, look, if you can amp it up another level. Like I've got kids that are you know, 19, 17 and, and 15, so I could start a business with them instead of my partner and be paying them their money and using borrowed money to pay them. Uh, and funneling the cash flow back into my personal debt. It doesn't have to be your partner. Yeah. It can be a friend. You know, you can, um, there's lots of ways to cut it up. There's more than one ways to, you know, to get this thing done. But it is, you know, when you're looking at, like, I'm a huge fan of the big rocks theory. There's five big rocks at all times that you really should be concentrating on, and strategy is one. Mm. You know, strategy and structure, and you're thinking around how you're running your business or running your money, that's a big rock. 
and it makes a big difference over a, a long time. Yeah, certainly. Mm. Well, look, if you're thinking about starting a business or a side hustle on the other side of this lockdown, uh, that is certainly something that you should get advice on and delve into a little bit deeper because, yeah, uh, the benefits are obvious. Uh, we're, you know, lay people and maybe not as in love with spreadsheets as Phil is, so we encourage you to get some advice and but make sure that the person you're getting advice for, from does understand this concept so that they can help you out in the best way possible. There's an old saying, Louise, don't get advice about buying diamonds from bricklayers. That's true. You, know, so you <laughs> need to find someone that understands and uses these strategies themselves to take advice from. Love it. Phil Van Beck, thank you for being our money man on the juice. We really appreciate the advice.